Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. you guys we are back finally the off season went way longer <laughs> than we expected i apologize back by popular demand and i'm able to carve out some free time the temple of hoop is back i appreciate all the love all the dms messages uh you guys asking for it we here. we're gonna give it to you as long as uh as, as often as we can um quick update brother kingsley you guys know his account Got suspended. Uh, he is still the co-host of this pod until he gets back, uh, gets right, gets his, uh, you know, get, get get some time. He will be back joining me until then. I've invited a bunch of my favorite people uh, to come talk who with me uh, from different angles, analytics guys, gambling guys, coaches. I have guys just cycling through for a few episodes at a time. My first guest, I've been arguing with this dude on the internet about sports for about a good six, seven years now. Uh, Jordan Latz from Taproom Sports. Jordan, what's going on, man? Good to have you, bro. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's going to be tough filling in for Kings, dude. Feeling like, <laughs> man, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm glad to be here, bro. I'm glad, like you said, we've been arguing for like 10 years, the decade at least, bro. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, just so many, so many different sports we, uh, we butt heads. You know, baseball, A's and Mariners. Same division. Uh, the Cowboys yeah. and Cardinals played a big game <laughs> uh, yeah. last year in the late regular season. So, you know, uh, a lot of stuff to argue about. Um, but you specifically, I know you do analyze sports, but more so from a, a sports gambling standpoint. So just tell the listeners kind of what you do before we get rolling for real. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm the host of uh, Taproom Sports Podcast. And it's basically, uh, you know, if you're a degenerate, it's definitely something that. <laughs> that you'll be into. Um, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Like uh, I always tell people winning at gambling and, and sports gambling is very difficult. You know what I mean? Like the best sports gamblers in the world only hit like 57% of their bets and that's profitable. Right. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to give good information and uh, more importantly, just trying to be a little entertaining, whether we win or lose, you know what I mean? And we poke fun at each other. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it happens, man. We all win, we all lose. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing this for a while. Um, you know, I got serious in the in the sports gambling in the last couple of years. Um, and basketball, uh, specifically college basketball, is probably my best my best handicap expertise. But uh, you know, NBA is obviously one of my favorites, and it's up there as well. I, I saw you were the NCAA tournament. You were on fire. I remember. Yeah, I remember you were you 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 had the had the parlays rolling um, for for March Madness. Um, just real quick before we get into the NBA, just from what I see, the defense looks really bad from uh, from what I'm looking at, these scores all around and the games I've watched. Uh, what do you see from a gambling sense? Are there a lot of overs or are the 
the the over under naturally high or how's that working uh, from the gambling side? What trends, other trends do you see? Yeah, I mean, the defense is, you know, it's funny because last year it was like the total opposite. Like the year started very slow, you know, because they had that they implemented that rule where like they weren't going to call fouls on the like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So we were seeing a lot lower scoring games. We're seeing horrendous shooting. I mean, last year, three point shooting was down um, from the last like 20, 30 years. Total opposite this year. I mean, we're seeing overs hit 56%, which is huge. So your eyes don't deceive you. We are seeing a lot of high scoring games. And a lot of that's because the refs have been pulled back into this, uh, this uh, like a foul merchant hunting dude. Oh man, uh, I, I watched the the Seventy Sixers game the other night. Yeah, the last the last four minutes, it was just Harden and B just throwing themselves all over the floor. I was like, this this is not basketball. But yeah, that the eye test definitely matches the, the data you have. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, no, I mean you're right, dude. The Sixers are one of the most unwatchable teams, bro. Like absolutely. <laughs> but you know, we we are seeing some teams play defense. And it's funny because, like, obviously, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, right? And, right. you know, last year I felt like the Bucks just, like, they didn't start taking the season seriously till like, March. And I think it ultimately hurt them last year, right? Because they really didn't lock in defensively to, like, the playoffs. You know, they were atrocious defensively last year. They were the worst defensive team defending the three-point line last year. I remember that. A lot of that. We'll, we'll get into the Bucks too. That's definitely the team I want to talk about. But uh, a lot of that's their scheme, though, right? That big – I heard that Bud was showing a little more variance this year. Yeah. I've only seen a couple of the games. It looked like he's showing a little more variance as far as their, their pick and roll and help coverages to try to not give as many threes up because he killed them against Boston in the playoffs uh, was last year. So. The right guys, too, like Javon Carter, for example. Okay, okay, okay. He wasn't getting any minutes. And what does he do best? He plays defense, right? So, right, right. And obviously, they know, like, we don't have Chris out. We don't have Chris here. We don't have Pat. We don't have Joe Ingles. Like, we, we're going to have to lock down defensively. That's the only way we're going to win games right now. And then just let Giannis be Giannis. I about to say it helps having the best player in the world. That covers up a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But let's get let's get into this season, man. More specifically, um, obviously the big story of the NBA year so far: um, Nets and Lakers um, combined two and ten. Lakers finally got their first win tonight, defeating the Nuggets. Um, finally made some threes, 13 threes, season high. Um, let's start with the Lakers. So before the season started. I had them barely missing or 10th in, in, in the West. That was my initial prediction for the Lakers. Um, even that seems optimistic now. Tonight, you know, they beat a, a good Nuggets team. I saw Mike Malone really was harping about how they stink defensively on the road this year, which has been the case. They gave it up 130. Yeah. He, went, he went down all the numbers about how terrible they are defensively on the road. But that's that's a good win for the Lakers. Where were they? I you take any win at this point, regardless of who the opponent is and who they're missing. Um, my thing with the Lakers before I even saw them play a game, it's just the worst shooting team uh in the NBA. And, and it literally was the worst shooting team in NBA history for a minute. It was tracking that way. Um the other thing was I, I am going to be on the Darvin Ham defense team this season. There's no way you can judge Darvin Ham w- with this roster. Uh, everybody should be looking at Jeannie Buster and Rob Palenka, extremely funny and sideways. LeBron, obviously not what he was if you watch closely, but he's still a damn good player um, in AD. I'm worried about the back. He's still even moving a little stiff tonight, but those two are good enough to put, to invest more than what the Lakers put in around him. Like it's, it's almost 
kind of embarrassing what Palinka assembled around them for this season. So it's hard for me to to really judge Darvin Ham. People are trying to talk about lineups are like what what five man combinations he's supposed to put. They want him to put a positive five man combination on the floor the entire forty eight minutes with that roster. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, AD and Brown got a rest. Everybody in the rotation isn't good. You don't know what Westbrook you're getting night tonight. He was the two games off the bench. He's played really well. They won one loss, so I'll give that off the bench. He's okay. He's embraced it, so I think we'll have to keep an eye on that. The Lakers are going to wait 20 games, they said, before they decide if they want to make a trade or not. I'm, I'm sure that's involving Westbrook and the two picks they have, which would be the, yeah, the last valuable assets they really control. So yeah. that's a big, you know, that's a big gamble to take if they do it. So we'll see what happens. Just what are your thoughts on the Lakers so far, you know, as a as a Bucks fan outside looking in, you no emotion involved. Oh, I mean, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, as far as the worst shooting team, I mean, through four games, there had not been a worse three-point shooting yeah. team in the history of the NBA, right? So, and, and we're talking not only the first four games, we're talking any four-game stretch of any team in the history. No one's ever shot that poorly. So I think I think you're right about that. And I think they're asking LeBron to do a little too much, and he obviously can't do that at this age, especially defensively. And, and I mean – to be honest, dude, like, I, you know, I like LeBron, but I, I feel like he's, like, checked out from winning. Like, he literally just wants to break Kareem's record at this point, dude. Like, I don't think he cares about winning that much. And and part of that might be because of the, what you said about Rob Polinka and how he put this team around him. But, you know, the, the Lakers have issues, and it starts at the top, right? They have too many talking heads. Like, why does uh, Kurt Rambis have say on the roster? <laughs> Like, what is going on with this franchise? Like that, there's too many people with opinions, and everybody wants to blame LeBron for getting Westbrook, but I was his guy. You know what I mean? Like any player is going to be like, "Hey, I want my guy," but there should be someone in position to say, "Hey, LeBron, I don't think that's a good idea." <laughs> but they don't have that. Yeah, I saw somebody was like, "So there's a there's a build around LeBron handbook, and it's like <laughs> chapter one, page one, uh, get shooting." seriously dude like that's what you need like all the teams he succeeded with he's got Miller, Shane Battier uh J.R. Smith you know uh Kyrie Irving Kevin Love right he needs around him he needs space and he doesn't have that here it's it was just I don't know what the fuck they were thinking dude sorry I don't know if I could cuss on you now this is for the kids try to keep it try to keep it light we ain't gonna bleep you but this is for the kids baby this is for the kids simple loop for the kids my bad, my bad. Uh, so, I mean, this was just a horribly constructed team. I think you're right. Tenth it seems about right for me. Um, they're just so bad offensively, and they don't have an identity. Like, what is their identity as a team? I will say this for Ham has them defending. You know, a lot of that has been late. They're getting some insane defensive shooting luck. I'll see if that holds. But, you know, through six games, they, they remain a top five uh, defensive rated team. So I have to keep an eye on that. So yeah, I think that'll be have to be their identity. I think they want to keep keep games close and just give LeBron and AD a chance to be great late in games with their defense. I think that's going to be their blueprint. I don't know how sustainable that is with the level of shooting and skill throughout the whole Western Conference over the course. And we don't know how many games AD and LeBron are going to play. Um, I said if it gets below, they end up playing below 65, 60 games, the, the season gets real dicey. You know what I mean? And you got to be careful because um, New Orleans does own the right to swap. They have a swap for this year, and they can choose 
either the 24 or 25 pick to take outright. And then that'll be the end of the Anthony Davis trade. I saw someone on Twitter saying that how great would it be if the Pelicans just said, oh, hey, we don't want to swap this year. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lakers get the one. Never nah, that, that's just too much. The whole way that the AD kind of got punked in the trade in the Lakers AD, there's no goodwill whatsoever <laughs> between the Lakers and Pelicans. Um, what do you see as far as Anthony Davis? Um, I thought, I think he's really been really active defensively. I just think his body's starting to betray him. And it's kind of sad because he's only 28, 29. I think that's a little a little scary for his future. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you think about big men in the NBA, they don't usually last very long, right? Their shelf life isn't very uh, sustainable. Like, we saw Yao break down. And I'm not saying Anthony Davis is Yao. Right, right, right. He's a lot more limb. But, you know, he did have, like, a huge growth spurt in high school, like, very quickly. I think he grew, like, eight or nine inches in the like summer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's – like the human body's not supposed to grow like that. Right. So usually guys like that usually do tend to have some injuries along the way. The good thing is, is that like, he doesn't really have foot injuries, you know, and that's usually the worst case scenario for big guys, but I mean, a back definitely isn't good. Um, He's got, uh, I mean, I don't know because like, he's just so fragile. It's like, not even like he could change the way he plays because he can't shoot. Right. And he works with a lethal shooter and, <laughs> some reason everybody that works with lethal shooter becomes a worse shooter i'll say this there have been a couple you know people celebrate this i'm, I'm kind of male on a, on a lethal shooter or whatever there have been a couple guys he worked with i got really like he worked with grant williams and grant williams percentage shot up poppy portis so it's like there have been a couple guys that have gotten a lot better so you know i'm, I'm gonna shoot him some bail just to be devil's advocate but <laughs> i get you the gist of what you're no 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 please please Let's yeah, not, so let's not go there. But, but yeah, yeah. The, the AD shooting has been just a mystery because in the bubble, he literally, literally shot like Kevin Durant in the bubble. Like yep. the splits are like he looks like they traded for a six ten defensive player of the year, Kevin Durant. That's what the splits look like in in the bubble. So and outside yeah, of that, AD, I mean, you're he's a top three player in the league, right? You know, outside of injuries, that's the AD they need to be successful. And I think that's the AD they were banking on on continuing right and he just wasn't that guy yeah i think i thought i thought the best the best explanation for the evaluation of that entire trade is you got your championship you know that's you know that's ultimately the end game but the lakers were trading also for a bridge to the next you know era of 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 superstar that's what they do they look through the 80s it's always a, a bridge to the next the next star i think they were hoping anthony davis would be that and I just don't know if it's going to come to fruition. I think most of it is he's not a he's not a a, a creator. Right. You know what I mean? Even Shaq was a post up guy, but you had to double him, or he's going to put your whole team in foul trouble. So he be like he essentially became an offensive hub. You know what I mean? And I just don't think you know AD is that. So I think you know they have to reevaluate how they build the roster around him, or even if he wants to stay, you know, after LeBron leaves, you know, given it with how Palinka and Genie have built the team, is that something you want to you know tie? the remainder of your prime to, you know, as a, as a top tier player, you know what I mean? So yeah. what, 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 we'll see how that goes. Um, so what, if you're running the Lakers, right. What, what, how would you approach this situation? Well, I, I, I put it out there. Um, if they lose 50 plus games, I'm, I'm approaching LeBron and AD. I was like, just give us a list of destinations. This isn't working. Um, we don't have the, the cap maneuverability to bring in, 
um, guys around you. We, we need to just retool and blow everything up. You know, that that's what I would approach them with. But I also know that there's a business side to it. LeBron's going to sell out every arena till he retires. AD moves units, and he's also clutch, so he's tied to LeBron. So I yeah. get that. Um, what I think they'll do is they'll they have thirty five million in cap space. Right. Um, if they don't trade, if they don't receive, if they you know if they don't move Westbrook or don't take any uh, salary on in any deals, they'll have thirty five million in, in cap space. I think they'll use that to try to build a more effective roster. Um, have more than one you know NBA replacement level wing on the roster. I saw Troy Brown in Chicago last year. No. Um, or try to get a wing and just a bunch of shooting around them, you know, and try to, you know, hit on another undrafted free agent. I think, you know, the Lakers scouting department remains a one. That's the one part of the front office. I think that that's amazing. Like Reeves is a legit NBA player and he's undrafted free agent. Like you have to, you know, when you're cash trapped, you have to hit on things like that. So I think they do a good job of doing uh drafting late and scouting, finding gyms. But I think yeah. what it is, Rob just doesn't have connections to sign guys well, i think like, a lot of like, uh i i don't know if this is true <gasps> correct me if i'm wrong but i i read somewhere that like a lot of gms don't really want to work with him like they if they look at him like a fucking sorry they look, <laughs> like a, they look at him like a rat well it's that you know I, i've heard similar things too you know nothing really substantiated it's just that you look at it three three-fourths or four-fifths of the lakers roster is clutch clients so it's like you're asking Rob, well, what connections do you have? Who can you, you know, can you get out of this umbrella and bring us to bring the Lakers the players they need? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's that'll be the test going forward. Um when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's move on to the Nets. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think their situation is a little more tricky. There's, li- there's a lot of non-basketball stuff feeding into but yes. I think what we're seeing on the court. Um, well, they are trash defensively. Yeah, that, you know, that too. I think they just they just don't have any inside presence whatsoever. And I think Claxton is better off as a rotation guy, but he's like their starting center. I think he just they get killed inside every game. Um, Katie didn't want to be there. Um, Josiah didn't like any of the offers. Uh, didn't feel they were of, of value to a player. Love Kevin Durant's caliber. Couldn't bust a move. Um, they had a meeting. KD decides to stay. Um, Kyrie doing whatever. I'm not going to go into any of that stuff. Uh, this is a basketball podcast. Whatever. I'm not going to you know go into that. Um, but it's it's distracting. Uh, obviously, um, they don't defend well. Here's the thing. I, I don't like criticizing coaches. Um, 
I'm trying to be one myself at, at a lower level. I know how difficult it can be, especially at that level. Um, I don't know if a first-time coach with no bench experience should have been put in a championship or bust situation. Like, I yep. can see if Steve Nash had bench experience. He had no bench experience. He was a development guy with the Warriors, didn't even go to games. Yep. He worked with guys on skill work, and he went from that to a head coach. But he was yeah. also the guy that KD wanted. Yeah, in a championship or bust situation. I think what KD's thing was, I think it was too wild in OKC. He wanted some more structure. Ended up deciding that he, you know, he hated Kerr's offense, decided that he didn't like playing in Kerr's offense, despite the fact they were running. Yeah, before they were running through, <laughs> running through the league. And then now it's like I'm back to no structure whatsoever. Um, I will say, I think Steve Nash draws up a nice ATO. Like when they come out of timeouts, he has nice little sets that drop to get them a look. Outside of that, there's just not much structure with what they do. It's a lot of like the offense is Kyrie, Kev, go be great. But that's what they want. <laughs> that's what both those guys wanted, right? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, you know, you hear things, but that's not, I don't know. But I just, from what I see, that's all, you know. I feel like, you know, the coach is always the easiest scapegoat because he's the yes. easiest guy to get rid of, right? Yeah. Like, you can't just get rid of players. You're paying them way too much money. So, you know, Kevin Durant literally wanted Steve Nash. Like, that was his guy. You know, Steve, he trained with Steve Nash in the off seasons, right? In his documentary, when he's coming back from the foot injury, like, he's working out with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki in the off season. So he already had, like, a connection with Steve. And then now it's like, and, and I agree with you. Steve Nash probably wasn't the best coach for this situation at all. He'd never been in this situation. And, you know, I think Kevin and, and Kyrie probably went to the front office were like, this is the guy we want. Why did they want him? Well, Kyrie said it right after, you know, I don't think we have a head coach. <laughs> I mean, this this whole situation, and I don't mean to harp on Kyrie. And, and like you said, like the stuff that's going on right now, like I don't know that much about, so I'm not going to put my two cents in. But you said it the other day. You were like, you know, I think Kyrie's going to hang him up soon because he's he he's over. Like, he just wants to play basketball. But obviously, as a basketball player, you have this other part of your job that you have to deal with, and that's like media. And you're on a bright, you're on a big stage, right? You're right. millions of people, and like he doesn't want that. Obviously, like, he just wants to be like he keeps saying, like I'm a human, and yes, you are a human, but you have to understand, like you're going to get asked these questions. These people are doing their jobs. Right. And I, 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 the next situation my, is totally outside of basketball. Yeah. My, my only counter to that is real. I don't want to harp on, like I said, I like, I like the, the on court stuff. I think the media has to decide whether they want more than an athlete or shut up and dribble. You know, true. Because when they, when, they, when they do things like that, they invite these, you know, kind of wild opinions and they want these guys to go into, hey, be more than an athlete. You know what I mean? And then these guys who are obviously not educated on, on a lot of things end up, you know, having to put their foot in their mouth and, you know, maybe making the league look bad on certain on certain issues. So that's I all I'll say about that. Yeah, the media needs to just decide what they want from these guys. I think, I think that has is a is a huge issue um, in, in yeah. all this the, or a, a layered issue with all. It's like you got to decide, do you want these guys to speak up or not? Because you're not going to say everything you want them to say. So you got to make a decision. Either I'm going to ask these guys basketball questions or try to, you know, hold these guys at the same standards as, you know, 
our elected officials. You know what I mean? So I think that that that's the big issue from there. Um, I agree. Ben, ben Simmons. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, it's going to take him a while. Yeah, that's a part of it. I just um, – that's fine. I agree with that. I just – the temperament hasn't changed, and that's no. the thing for me. Like, I get it like, so let's take Jamal Murray, for instance, right? You can see his body's not all the way back yet, but the aggression's there. He's like, oh, okay, he just got to get his rhythm back. His legs are going to come back. Ben's playing the, ex- the exact same player we saw pass up that layup with Trey Young on him in the playoffs. Yep. Not staring at the rim, um, not being in attack mode despite uh, a very, you know, very gifted, you know, very gifted physically, not taking advantage. And it's just, it's really killing the net spacing. So let me, ask you, out there. let me ask you this. Do you think Ben Simmons even likes basketball? Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen him be dominant at the high school and, and college level. Like that year at LSU. You, you think he loves basketball because he has not gotten better at all. You know what? That, that, all that, you know, we don't see these guys and obviously we don't know their mental struggles. That is legitimately fair because. I'll say this, the guy drafted directly behind Ben Simmons was Brandon Ingram, and we see him go leaps and bounds every year in in his individual game. And the gap of them two was like, Ben was here, Brandon was here, and it's like, it's here now. Someone someone in the media, it might have been Richard Jefferson, but he said majority of the players in the NBA don't love basketball. Yeah, I, think, I remember that was one of the things Kobe harped on. Kobe, like, he's like, his biggest shock was the players didn't love, like, most players didn't love basketball. Like, it was a job for them. Yeah. And that's fine when you get, you know, highly paid in the macro, you get highly paid. What's your motivation at that point? Like, I've, I've worked my tail off to get here. The checks are clear. My family's taken care of. You know, I think that's what separates, you know, guys that at that top tier level, the LeBrons, the MJs, the, the Kobe's, it's like, yeah, I got all this money, all this fame, but there's more to it. I want to be the best ever. I think that's what separates guys like that. Now you see it with Giannis. He's just never satisfied. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's role players, too, that, like, continue to get better, and, like, they do their role really well, and they love yeah, that. Yeah. But then you have guys like Ben Simmons where it's like, the guy has all the talent in the world, all the physical tools, right? And we've seen it. We saw it when he first came into the league, right? Right. We knew he would could – he had this – unlimited untapped potential and he's never grown he's only regressed yeah yeah again I, I think he had a couple bad playoff runs i think that just stick with him man philly just destroys people dude yeah, so it's <laughs> like i don't know like i just uh ben was one of those guys i used to de- like defend he was one of the guys i used to like yeah you were all and, dude, you you even said that you would take him over brandon ingram yeah, I remember I said yeah, I early. I was like, yeah, I was like, I remember I was like, if the Lakers don't get Ben Simmons, just trade the second pick. Remember I said that I was like, yeah. get the Marcus Cousins, and then you know, because um, Delson Boogie was in sack, going crazy, losing there. I was like, just trade him for the Marcus Cousins. But um, yeah, man, it's just it's important that we don't see him day to day. We don't know his mental struggles or what he tries to do. But yeah, man, it's just you know, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to get any better. You see, I think Ben Sim- uh, Brandon was right, Ingram was right behind him. Jalen Brown was a couple picks after, and you see the growth those two have shown, you know, the, the you know, and it's kind of, it's just strange, no doubt. I think it definitely, it's definitely fair for you to ask that, you know, what does he work on in the offseason question? 
You know, that it's people can say how disrespectful it is. You're not there, but it's fair to ask that question given the just the production that that we've seen at this point in time. Yeah, and I don't want to like, I don't want to assume anything. I'm, I I just want to ask the question. Right, 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 right. I just, I, I get, it. I understand. I, I didn't, I didn't take it that way. I'm just, you know, I'm saying we, and, and we just don't know. You know what I mean? And apparently, he's had a lot of mental health um, issues with with basketball. So uh, we'll see. Do you think that they could write the ship? You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I got Charlie Brown with the football, man. I, I picked Ness to come out the East, bro. I don't know why. Like, I was regretting it a week later. I watched it for a week, and I was like, why the hell? It's still that? early in the season. It's still early. I, they still have Kevin Durant. We'll see, man. I just – there's going to be a shakeup. So, I think there's going to be a trade or, or a coaching change. And I think that'll decide – however they respond to whatever change it is, that'll decide how their season goes. I honestly think they need to do with Ben Simmons, what the Lakers did with Westbrook, just bring him off the bench. They just keep the floor space for Kai and Kev and see, you know, how that works. So I think they do need Ben defensively. So, you know, I, I don't know what the what, – what, defensive end right. sure. Let's go on to the rest of the league. Enough of the negativity. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird, though, right? The old the the old guards, like, struggling here. You know, the – that be a shift in uh, the league. Yeah, yeah it's just um, – even the Warriors are kind of in, in the mud a little bit. Um Lakers one of five, Nets one of five, as we as we mentioned, you got a lot of teams with you know vets that we grew up with as superstars or, that are struggling. So that's funny. It might be like a changing of the guard, you know, type year. Um, biggest surprise for you, you know, players, teams, you know, things that have caught your eye, you know, in this very early part of the season, not even a tenth of the way done. <laughs> well, anything you've seen? Portland Trail Trailblazers for sure. They are leaps and bounds better than I thought they were going to be. Um, I, I I had questions about their roster coming into the season, like how Jeremy Grant was going to fit. Uh, but Anthony Simons is a legitimate all-star guard in this league. And then Dame, before he got hurt, I mean, Dame was scorching hot, 31 points a game, shooting 50-40 from the floor. So we're going to see how they fare without him the next couple of weeks as they they did lose their one game that he didn't start. So right. um, we do have to see how this is going to play out. But I do like what I see from Portland, man. And I, I messaged you the other day, and I was like, please talk me out of betting Chauncey Bullock. <laughs> they might – they could very well be the fifth-best team in the West. Um, when yeah, all this, they, they, they got to keep Dame upright. You know, that's the thing. I think the biggest thing Portland is, I think, for – I was talking to um, – What's my guy? Uh, I gotta look him up, but he he you know runs a Portland you know blog and podcast you know uh, media. I should have done this done this three years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. They, you know, with CJ, they finally got a bunch of, a bunch of athletic wings to you know put around Dame some yeah. shooting. I think I I do not. I'm saying I do not. Never love Nurkic. I think they gotta move off him. But yeah. you know Shadon Sharp, Shaden Sharp. Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart is essentially a, a smaller wing. You got a and, uh, Gary Payton, Barry Walker, right? They got a bunch of you know just very switchy and athletic guys around Dame to give them a defense, at least a defensive identity to protect Dame and some versatility and some guys who can slash in the basket offensively. Yep. And I think that's given them uh, a much better identity than they had with just Dame and CJ. We're just going to out, you know, outskill you and try to sh- shoot you into oblivion, and that, that which never worked. I don't want to. I don't want to say this because I know you're a Pelicans guy, but dude, give me Anthony Simons over 
CJ McCollum all day, seven days a week. Well, I think with the age and everything, that's fine. I think I think both teams got what they wanted. The um, the so here's with the with Portland, they're transitioning out of that era, and they saw that Simons was ready. I think the Pelicans they need a vet for those young guys to follow. So I think that worked out for everybody. I think it's one of those those win win situations. You know what I mean? Yep. Portland also got Josh Hart in the deal. You know what I mean? He's been a a godsend for Portland. Yeah. Again, versatile guy who can guard, you know, two through four, even depending on on the matchup. Probably best rebounding guard in the NBA. You know, can hit threes and push push the pace. So I think it, I, that's one of those trades that works out for both teams. I think so. Um, both teams got what they wanted out of, out of, out of that deal. Um, Portland's a good one. Portland's a good one. Yeah, and I like I like what I've seen from Portland, man. I think that they're going to be a, a really good team this year. Yeah, for me, I got it's <laughs> it's weird. I gotta go with the with the Spurs and, and, and the Jazz, man. Uh, I thought those teams would be Wimby hunting, but you know, Pop is like, nah. I'm gonna let these young I'm guys play. Coaches do their best work, though. Yeah, I think that's when you find out about them. When the, I think, I think, like NBA is like the technically like in the macro NBA coaches should be the best coaches in the world, right? Those so. I think you see them do do see them do their best work when they're up against it. They have to be a little more uh, creative. Uh, think about getting guys in spots, play more attention to detail, and you got to develop your young guys too. And I think Pop is doing that well. Let me ask you something real quick because I know you're a coach. Yeah. Do you think that like because uh, you know as a college basketball guy, I always feel like you know college basketball the coaches are the stars because it's a lot more scheme oriented, right? Right. Whereas I feel the NBA, the coaches are more like uh, massaging egos and managing personalities. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, but I think the best coaches do both. So I look at it like this. So I think Phil and Pop are the two greatest coaches ever. I think, you know, Pop tactically wise, but Phil got the most important buyer to job down, which is managing egos. He got two shot hunters. Kobe and Mike to buy fully into the triangle and give themselves in the triangle. Um, I don't care what Kobe and Shaq said after their career, they absolutely hated each other. He got them to coexist for three championships. So it just couldn't happen anymore. Um, and he wrote that book and just pretty much tore Kobe to bits. And he was able to mend that relationship and coach him to two more championships. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think Phil this man his personalities and just brought everybody together better than any coach I've, I've ever seen. So I think that speaks to your point, really. You got to massage egos, but I also think like the triangle in this time was very innovative. It yeah. took advantage of the illegal defense rules by putting your best player out in space and you couldn't full out double or trap without breaking the rules. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that it was very innovative for the time. And I think pop with the, the pace and space and the movement, like if the Warriors have taken it to another level, but the foundation of that offense was Popovich and San Antonio. You know what I mean? So, and Mike D'Antoni. Um, I don't think the Warriors do a, as much pick and roll and like high ISO and stuff. But yeah, I think the concept, like you know, the the movement and stuff. Yeah, but the late the the uh, the Warriors don't don't jack threes up like that. It's weird because they have the two best shooters, but their their three point rate is like average, which is crazy. I agree. Well, plus, like, you know, they don't, they have like outside of the two best three point shooters, they usually, they're like the only two three point shooters on the floor, which is right. Crazy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But it just so happens to be the two best and they're <laughs> 40 feet. So, like, 
extends the defense out even more. Right. And I, I agree. Like, because that's the crazy thing about the NBA to me is like the, I just feel like, because Mike Budenholzer, for example, like schematically, I mean, you see me complain about him time to time. <laughs> and while I do think he's gotten better, he's such a good coach at like managing personalities. Like, brings him, they bring in Bobby Portis, and Bobby Portis was always considered like a problem everywhere you went, right? Knocking then, cats out. Yeah. And then he fits <laughs> in, right? I mean, it helps having Giannis there, but that's the thing is like, he immediately got, gets Giannis to buy in. And then Giannis is the hardest worker on the team. So the team's like, okay, we got to buy in too. Yeah. You know what? And um, yeah. I also think the buck, the buck surprised me. Your buck surprised me too, bro. I thought it would be a little, a little muddy out the gate without Chris Ingles, okay. a lot of injuries, but Giannis, man, I just, all Spend. due respect to Joker and Luca, there's just not one player who impacts both ends of the floor like him on a night to night basis. And for that reason alone, he just isn't. I don't think since LeBron's prime, there hasn't been this a player with that tight of a chokehold on like the I'm the best in the world title since LeBron in his prime. Ooh, shoot. All right. I like it. I just, I don't, I don't, I just, I think he's so much like, He's in a class of his own. Like nobody dominates both ends of the ends of the floor like him. Yeah, no, I agree. He just I agree. Yeah, I think in this his motor, he just keeps coming, just his motor. So I think and I, 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 I watched that next game. They look like they have him under wraps, and then he just second half throws for 30. You know, it's just like, <laughs> like easily too. Yeah. And it's like all this, like Ben Simmons can can control him and keep him under wraps. And it's like, no. I think he took that personally. Yeah. All right. So a, a little bit of uh, off court news that that surfaced from Woj. So the owners and the next CBA are pushing for a how do I describe this? A hard luxury tax cap. So there's only so much. Like right now, you can go over as much as you want, but you got to foot the bill, and then it multiplies every year. Because of the Warriors, Clippers, Nets, um, the owners feel like they're at a competitive disadvantage. They want to put a cap on that number. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think it's a terrible. <laughs> I, I, I've always felt sports should be a total free market like baseball. You know what I mean? Like, because in no in no universe is Mike Conley making more money than LeBron at any point in their careers other than the NBA. And that's the problem with the NBA is like, they have these, these uh, like benchmarks where players automatically get a certain amount of money, a percentage increase. Right. So like uh, Draymond Green, for example, gets because he's made an all-star team and he's been a defensive player of the year. Right. He's automatically minimum. He can only make a certain amount. So it already puts, teams at a it already puts it at a, a you're in a hard place right right whereas if teams are negotiating a free market you know you're not going to see a i'm just going to throw a name out there like a Josh Hart make 25 million dollars right you know and you're not going to see Giannis make less than um you know, uh, a mid-tier all-star. I, I know that sounds funny, but like a, a a guy that's an all-star, but he's not the best player. Right, right, right. So, 
I get that. I think the superstar players in the NBA, they definitely, you know, sacrificed for the better of the league to make sure all everybody can get, you know, a lot of money. So I'll give the superstar players in the NBA, you know, I think they definitely, they definitely could have pushed like, hey, if somebody wants to give LeBron James $87 million in one season to sign there, <laughs> that, that, you know, don't put a market on us. But yeah, I think the player, the the star players definitely, you know, t- took a pay cut in, in the negotiations. Um my thing is, as far as the hard cap, I just – first of all, you know Joe Lacob is not even like the um, the Warriors ownership group. They're not even top ten as far as like richest owners. Yeah, no, They just choose to like heavily invest in the team, which is why I like just my sympathy level for the other owners is, is at zero. Yeah. It's like um, if you want to do this, like you got to pay to win. Like the good players cost – my only rebuttal of the player should rebuttal is like if a team drafts me, my cap hit should not count against the luxury tax. If they develop me to a certain point where they want to keep me, we're not going to punish that. Don't punish that team for being a, having a great development system. Like yeah. Memphis, Memphis is going to have some terrible decisions to make in a couple of years. Like, but they draft, they hit drafts out the park yeah. and they're going to have to pay for it in a few years. I, I don't think that's right. I don't think, Shafted players should count towards your cap hit. Yeah, I don't know. No. How do you feel about that theory? No, I, I like that. And I also think that, uh, you know, there's no way the NBA PA is going to backtrack from from uh, fully guaranteed contracts. But there, <laughs> should like a, there should be a way that – remember when in 2012 when they did the new CBA and for like the first like three years or something, every team had a provision so they could waive – a player and stretch it out and it didn't hit against their cap one player oh, yeah 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 yeah. amnesty clause yeah the amnesty clause yeah. they should have something similar to that where it's like you know if i sign a guy like let's say russell westbrook and he has two years left on his deal i can i can stretch it out over like six years and it won't count against my cap you feel yeah. like that should be something periodic like i think, you should, I think like a- should be i think you should be allowed to do it no matter what because at the end of the day like you're still paying that money as a team right it's just not counting against your cap huh so then i mean you could look at it and it's like okay well then you shouldn't make that many bad decisions we're like you off <laughs> right that's what <laughs> but at the same time it's like how many teams are like gonna sign like a bunch of dudes and then just be like okay we gotta cut them all now because they don't work and then sign a bunch of other guys so then they're essentially paying all that luxury tax money it's just now those guys aren't playing for them any longer. Oh. I just I think they're just going to be how they handle that is going to be a very key because uh, the owners are like people who are connecting the league until like the owners are like legitimately pissed at the, the the Warriors and the and the Clippers and the Nets. It's like they're pissed at the amount of money they're putting into the they have to spend more money. Right. That's it. <laughs> they look funny. Uh, my thing is this. When Wiggins was up, he was considered that contract was considered nonsense. Yep. The Warriors, you know, moved D Lo to get him. Everybody laughed, like, ah, Wiggins not gonna fit in that culture. They they want to win and work or he won't fit. Ends up being their second best player on a championship team. Yep. And then now people are pissed because they're not gonna get a chance to sign him because he, you know, yeah. Right. Jordan Poole looked like but year two, I kid you not, but you're, you, I don't know if you were in Northern California second year. I know you move around. You moved a couple of times. He was legitimately on his way out the league, Jordan Poole. Yeah. Like, literally was going to be out. Like, he was one of the worst. He was players. nice at Michigan, though. Yeah. It's just, he's just, 
they developed him. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't think you can punish it. You shouldn't punish it. To, like, Jordan Poole should not be counting against the Warriors luxury tax, in my opinion. Like, reward teams for having a good basketball people in their front office. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily, I don't disagree with that. I think they should all just be able to spend as much money as they please. <laughs> soccer. What you say? Is that, that the house doing in soccer? Yeah, in baseball. Yeah, yeah. soccer and baseball. There's, there's no luxury tax in baseball. I thought that just, like, some type of competitive hey, tax. It's like after 200 million, like, you know, that's a lot of money. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the people were talking about like, well, then you get rid of parody. I was like, well, we just saw LeBron James go to the finals for a decade straight. And, you know, parody's a. And baseball has like more parody <laughs> than any other sport. We have not a repeat champion at baseball since the Yankees. And that's a sport where you could spend as much money as you want. And I the, think the most expensive team, the team that spends the most money, hardly ever wins. Yeah, I think it's a little different. So I'll say this in regards yeah. to, to, to basketball, you know, related to football and baseball. Um, one player probably impacts the team more so in basketball, more so than the other two sports, because you play both ways in basketball. You can affect, affect the game on both sides. Baseball, um, you bat once every three innings. You know what I mean? You might play right field or left field. You even if the dominant pitchers pitch every five days. You know what I mean? So football, quarterback, you got to get off the field. Your defense has to get stops for you to win. You know what I mean? Receivers got to get open. So I think that's a little bit different. But I get I get the concept of what you're saying though. But we're also seeing a new age in basketball where the whole paying three guys max money isn't really working anymore. I think you need two stars and you need to build the team with very good role players. I think that's a much more, you know, uh, sustainable way to build a team. That's true. Or just spend a lot of money like the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man, let's just, just, before we get out of here, it's early. The uh, teams that most have played seven games but real quick. I need your top five in each conference right now. All right, so top five, I'll start with the East. Um, I'm going to go number one. I'm still going to put Boston number one um, just because, like, you know, they were the best team last year. I do think defensively early on this season, they are a lot worse than last year. Like, they got to figure some things out. They, they miss Rob Williams tremendously. Yeah, and I also think they miss Ime Adoka because they just don't have the same buy-in defensively early on. Um, so uh, right now I'm gonna put them number one, but um, depending, it, it's probably gonna go down a little bit. <laughs> continue playing like this. Um, number two, I'm gonna put Milwaukee uh, five and zero, five and zero against the spread. Number one defensive team in the league so far, but they've also haven't played an extremely tough schedule yet. So we'll see how things go. But I mean, whenever you have 34 on the floor, you you always got a chance. Number three, I'm gonna put Cleveland. Um, four or uh, five and one on the season, uh, just an excellent defensive team and the number one three point shooting team in the league right now. Um, so I'm gonna put Cleveland there. Oh. Uh, number four. This is where it gets tricky, dude, because I feel like there's like six teams I could put in the next two spots. I'm gonna go. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, I can't go the Knicks, dude. I got all right. I'm gonna go the Knicks number four for right now. Um, just because they're three and three, they've lost to three good teams. Their three losses, they've lost their schedule's been tough. Yeah, yeah. 
They've lost to the Bucks, Grizzlies, and Cavaliers, who I think are all obviously three really good teams. Um, and then number five, I'm going to put uh, Toronto. Ooh, we have – okay, so we got the same thing, except like Milwaukee's one for me because I think Rob Williams is totally missed in Boston. I got Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, and then I got Atlanta four. And then I'm going to go with um, – See, Atlanta's had like the easiest schedule. Though. Yeah, I go with that Atlanta four and then Toronto five for me. That that's where for me. That's yeah. that, that's my five. But I, I I get what you're saying with the strength of schedule. I just think I I love Atlanta's. Um, I'm not the hugest Trey Young fan, but I think Dejounte's a good fit for him because he will defend, and it gives yeah. a chance to Trey to get Trey has tremendous off ball offensive numbers. He does like the spot up shooting and movement shooting. So I think DeJounte gives him a great chance to unlock that. So I put Atlanta four for now and then the Knicks at, at, at uh, or Toronto in five. Yeah, I like I like Toronto going forward. Like I think they're gonna be a top same. Player. Yep, same, same. I think Siak was playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their their lack of size, like because they just, like uh they have like a bunch of six, seven guys, like yeah. and they have a, like a lack of size. What really was like weird to me was that. They beat, they dominated the Sixers with Embiid on the floor. And then without Embiid, the Sixers dominated them. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy how that worked out. That was just, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things like over the regular season, some stuff happens. But I think that type of stuff will normalize as the season goes. I agree. Goes forward. Um, give, me, give me your top five in the West. All right. In the West, I'm going to go Pelicans number one. Ooh, spot number one? Yeah, number one. They're the oh. best. They're the best team when healthy. And even without Zion and Brandon Ingram, they're still competitive. They still manage to win basketball games. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Phoenix for now just because they take every regular season game, like game seven of the playoffs, um, which, I mean, we could say what we want, but it doesn't <laughs> mean, like at the end of the day, we're only going to judge this team on the playoffs, but they le- they legitimately play every game like it's a playoff game. Uh, number three, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with uh, Dallas. I know that they have a losing record Ooh. right now. Yeah, I know. I know they have a losing no, no, they, record. They won today, so they got the three and three. They oh, that's right. Three, they're three and three. But uh, statistically, they're a top three team. Like, they're one of the best defensive teams, and they're one of the best efficient offensive teams as well. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Warriors just because they aren't playing any defense right now, but I think it could be them just going through the woes. And then um, number- so here's my thing with that. So I thought about that too. Then I really watched the last few games on that team, bro. So Looney's your post defender. Draymond will guard guys. Wiggins will guard guys. Aside from those three, who on that team would you call a plus defender? On the Warriors? Yeah. Oh, nobody. That is my only, like, that's my only reason I think it could be an issue going forward. My thing you can say this, like, Otto Porter defended, you know, GP2 defended, you know what I mean? So my thing is Dante DiVincenzo is a good defender, but he's yeah. hurt. Yeah, they thought even the games he played, he wasn't defending. Well, I don't know if he figuring out what the Warriors like to do scheme wise, a little different than what, you know, his last two stops. Sacramento didn't just, you know, decided defense yeah. didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's not used to that, but he wasn't great when he played. So the Warriors are going to figure out, have to figure out how to connect defensively without great individual defenders like they had last year. I, I think that, 
that'll be the hurdle. Also, aside from Mooney, Moody, Moody, <laughs> sorry, I sound like Perk right there. <laughs> None of their young guys are ready to play serious NBA basketball right now. Like Wiseman, offensively, he's helpful. He's a cone drill on defense. He's very little resistance. Kaminga is probably one I disappointed because he has elite physical tools to be the defender. He's just so the reports are he's they're not he's not doing what they want him to do as far as development with the ball handling and skill work and just being um and just you know learning how to play the game the way the Warriors play. So that's why he's kind of in a doghouse. Um Kerr mentioned it. He was like uh, he's not playing a lot, and I want him to be pissed about that and change how he is. So Kerr, like, has alluded to it, like, he's got to be better to play. They're playing a two-way guy ahead of Kaminga right now. Yeah. So I think that is the Warriors' issue. Um, their young guys are going to have to learn. Outside of Moody, are going to have to contribute because, you know, you let other guys go to, to you know, your tax was already insane. Had to let GP2 go. It was going to be even worse. Auto was it was no auto was a one year rental you know what I mean with the with an exception so those young guys are gonna have to figure out how to play basketball I think Kerr is a great enough coach like they'll figure it out as the season goes on but their regular season record might not be indicative of who they truly are because they might lose some games having to get guys up to snuff so that's my tip on the Warriors. No, I mean that's that's all great that's all fair points yeah. and it's a long season you know what I mean like. I just got them fourth right now. And then number five, I'm going ha- to put Memphis there. Oh, so no Portland, huh? Not going to put Portland there yet. Uh, um, I do think that, the, especially because Dame's hurt right now. That's fair. It's, 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 that's fair. So I went Phoenix number one. I just think their um, they're continuity, they just understand how to play together. Like they have very little change. Only thing they took Jay Crowder out. And I think it was time for Cameron Johnson to, to start anyway. Yeah. Uh, given his development. Um, I'm going to go with uh, New Orleans, too. Um, again, Zion came back today, was dominant against the Clippers. Um, B.I. is coming back when they get back from when they get back from this road trip. I know he's upset he can't play against the Lakers. I know he loves that game. <laughs> so he'll miss the Laker game. I got them, too. Um, going to go with Man, I got I got to go with San Antonio three for right now. Like it's fluid; it'll probably drop when reality sets in. But they're just they're playing too well. They beat Minnesota. They beaten some teams who you know we think are good. So I'll go many there. Um, I'll go Denver four. Lost to awful loss tonight to the Lakers. But um, right now I'll say this: if their playoffs were to start today, I would pick Denver. This based on what I've seen oh. early. Huh? To win it all? No, to come out the West. Oh, okay, okay. If I just think it's just the, like, just it's obviously seven games in, but they seem the most connected. Over New Orleans, though? Just take the experience. Yeah. The experience. But yeah, that, but yeah, but I think right now, New Orleans, but Denver is just, yeah. Trey Murphy, number one. Uh, effective shooting percentage in the league right now, 77%. Yeah, he's a steal at six, pick 16. Then five, I, I, I'll go Golden State off the champion respect ahead of Memphis. But yeah, going, I'm not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing at all from, from the Warriors. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how their young guys react to, to what the team needs them to do. Um, 
Jordan, tell us your Twitter handle where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me at Jordan Rules TSP. Uh, you can go to www.taproomsportspodcast.com. You can find me there. All right, man. Jordan will be here the next few episodes. Like I'm cycling in and out. We will be continuing to talk NBA next few weeks. As always, uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, JJMables55 underscore MST. Subscribe and follow the pod. It's the first one. We are back. We appreciate you guys for tapping in. And we are out of here. Let's go. Peace. Let's <laughs> go.